Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jenny. I figured I would just uh, say hello before I introduced what we were doing today, because I feel like I often start monologuing at the top, and then I'm like, Jess needs to speak. I have said too many words. Today, we're doing maybe the first in a series, because there are so many streaming services out there, and you may have some of them, you may be considering getting some of them. And so we're going to start maybe doing our like top shows on each streaming service that you can watch. Um, and today's is Apple TV Plus. Apple TV, yeah, Apple TV Plus. I feel like colloquially, service. it's just Apple TV. I don't know that we need to say the plus. Do you know what the difference is supposed to be? Is there a difference? The problem is that an Apple TV is a device that's basically oh, like right. a Roku. You can buy it and it's like, or like a Prime Stick or whatever, Fire Stick. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think the plus is indicating something different. But it's a bummer because I don't know, in my head, like if there's something and then there's a plus, that means there's something and then like a, a better version or like a new version or an additional something on the original. But the device and the streaming service are two functionally very can different be separate things. Yeah. And I don't, it just hurts my brain. I don't like that. Do you, can you get, I guess this is my question, can you get an Apple TV that doesn't come with Apple TV Plus? Or do you have to get the subscription? Because in that case, it's just... I feel like you could probably get it without... I don't know that it comes with the subscription, but that would be a question for my father. He has one. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I'd be, I'd love to hear. All right. So yeah, let's get into it. This is, we haven't really figured out our format for this one. So it'll be a little bit of a on the fly situation. I was just about to ask you before we started recording and figured we'd just do it live, but are you mainly thinking of Apple TV shows that are originals or just anything you can watch on Apple TV that you like a lot? Oh, what else can you watch on Apple TV that's not an Apple TV original? You're right. I was just thinking when I look up Apple TV shows, you can also see shows that are available on other streaming services on your Apple TV. That is very misleading. Well, it's also because Apple, like the Apple store, you can buy TV shows. Like you can buy movies and TV shows. You always could, even before like Apple TV Plus. Yeah, iTunes. But I think that's what ha- well, I think that's what's happening when you're looking that up. Because if also if you look up like where can I watch this show, just like into Google, it always shows Prime and Apple because you can buy them on both of those. But gotcha. like it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not talking about Prime Video and it's not talking about Apple TV Plus. It's talking about like their stores, their marketplaces. Yeah, I hadn't even I when I was Google like when I was making sure that my list was complete, my my favorites list. I started looking things up and I was like, you can watch this on Apple, but I did not put that together. Yeah, no, it's definitely like morning. the Apple store. So yeah, I'm, the thing about Apple and why I think I wanted to start with it because it's a little easier is that they only have originals, like in terms of Apple TV Plus, like mm. they don't buy the rights to shows the way like Netflix does or Hulu does, where like Veronica Mars used to be on like the WB, but now it's on Hulu. Apple TV only has their original shows and movies on the streaming service, which I think makes it unappealing to a lot of people and why they have the smallest out of at least out of the major streaming services. They have the smallest like market share, uh, fewest number of subscribers, but there are so many good originals on there. It's just about getting the word out. So anyway, that's why I'm excited to to remind people about the really good shows that are on Apple TV and and yeah, there there are definitely fewer because of that. But yeah, so hopefully your your list only includes originals or do it, you it does it does. Do you I was just okay. uh, just a brain fart moment, but also I think this is maybe I could be just entirely 
speaking, what is the term? There's a phrase like blowing hot air. Yeah, Apple has its only its own content, but isn't it also one of the less expensive streaming services, especially without ads? I think it's the cheapest of the major ones. Four ninety nine or something. Yeah, it's like four ninety nine a month, which Peacock used to be four ninety nine a month for their ad supported version. Although they just increased their prices, and also there are ads. So yeah, Apple TV, no ads. And only like five bucks a month. Also, there are so many different things you can buy that get you Apple TV as a trial for like three yeah. months. Like I can't think off the top of my head, but like they just there always was like have a Disney deals Plus with stuff. Apple, maybe yeah. something. Uh, no, that was Disney Plus and Hulu, Hulu and ESPN. But Apple TV is just always like I don't know. It feels like if you buy like a TV, like a like a Sony television, they're like, and you get three months of Apple. Like they just partner mm-hmm. with all these different things. Yeah. Uh, so and also, if you buy any Apple device, you get three months free. I just quickly looked up because you mentioned the subscriber base. I wanted to see if they had a figure that I could quickly pick out of the air. And I don't have the others to compare it to, but in uh, the the Statista um, article in May of 2023 estimated that paid subscribers of Apple TV Plus were about 25 million as of March 2022. Yeah. And then 50 million other users who are getting the platform via promotions watching without actually paying. So 75 million people, not huge in the streaming world, but anyway, just to put some numbers on it. Yeah. I want to hear what your favorite or one of what of your top shows. Okay. I have like three questions before we can start. Question one, how many are we doing? Are we doing three? Are we doing five? Let's start with three. I think we owe it to people if we have an overlap that we add another one in because I don't think we, you know. That was going to be my second question is I feel like there will be overlap. So I did rank my top five. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with my number three and then, yeah, if we need to put backups in there. So my third favorite Apple TV original is Bad Sisters. Yay. (laughs) It's also on mine. We could talk about it. It's, I don't, I didn't rank my list. I just sort of threw them at the wall. Uh, So it's in my top three as well. No, rank them. Okay, fine. You don't have to, but (sighs) I know you you don't like ranking things. I, I think it's more fun. I I thought it might be higher on yours. Okay. Well, we've talked about Bad Sisters a lot before. Well, I don't know how much. We did a whole episode on it, but like you could only listen to that if you've watched the show. So in terms of talking about it for people who haven't seen it before, I don't know if we really have. It's like I talk no. a lot about like a lot on my TikTok, but I don't know if we have on the pod. So, yeah, we just did those dedicated episodes. Do you want to give a pitch? Tell people yeah, why they should you watch should it. fill in though. I'm I feel um it's early morning people. It's a frazzling time, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Okay, Bad Sisters is a dark comedy, which Jess and I I feel like universally generally like a lot. Sharon Horgan writes, wrote, and also is one of the sisters of the Bad Sisters. Um, And the general plot is, this is not really a spoiler, spoiler, you figure this out in the first episode, but there are five sisters and one of their husbands has recently died. And there's a lot of stuff to be figured out, insurance for one, but also (laughs) who killed him because it is heavily is heavily suggested in the first few minutes of the first episode that one of the sisters killed the husband. He was not well-liked. And then the series unfolds from there. It's like a sort of slow mystery, but you're also somehow on the inside. And it it's just very gripping and also funny. And you fall in love with the family, even though it's this like dark, someone died. And uh, you're trying to figure out who did it. So I feel like I'm probably missing some key aspects. It's Irish. Yeah, I think for me, the best part of the show was, is the characters, like the relationships between the sisters, 
the sisters themselves, like they're so funny and I, I don't know, there's just all these different layers to some of them are closer than others. They're very varied in age. So like figuring out the dynamics between them, I just enjoy big families in general, like sort of yeah. observing them. And so getting that in a show that's also, it's comedic, but it's also very heavy in some ways. So there's a lot of like emotional tension and in a, in most of the episodes, there's a decent amount of suspense, mm -hmm. which just makes it more engaging. So it's like the best parts of a murder mystery and like a family comedy sort of like meshed into one, which doesn't sound like it would work, but it really does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Every episode also, you sort of get more the thing that you want from sitcoms, but you don't always get because a lot of times they're they're more focused on, sorry, more focused on the ensemble bit of it. But I feel like you get like one episode, you get the backstory of like the older sister a little bit more. And then that feeds into the next episode where you get a little bit more of what was happening with the youngest sister. And it does, the timeline of it all works really well too. You don't get too much suspense and then don't, and then you don't get too much suspense and then there's no reward for it. Feel like they do a great job of like going back and forth and sort of like answering some questions and then leaving on the hook for others uh i feel like i remember really liking the pacing and yeah all of the characters it's just like a very well done show it was um it is pretty much a remake of oh now i'm gonna forget a swedish show danish i think danish show i feel like it was danish i know that i knew this at one point belgian no it was belgian really Wait. yeah no it's definitely belgian Okay. Yeah, it's oh, I think it was like loosely adapted from I'm not sure that it was like a remake. It's not considered a remake of it. I think Sharon Horgan like knew of that one and wanted to adapt it as like an Irish version of it, but perhaps adaptation is the correct word. We always struggle with this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, I think all of the sisters are the same. It's not like like they all have the same personalities. And I think maybe the things that she adapted were just making it more Irish than yeah, then whatever it was in Belgian or whatever it was. It was definitely Flemish. Belgian. No, okay. So I was close. So you were close, yeah. And the, it was called Clan, the original. It's billed as a black comedy slash thriller. I wouldn't use the word thriller. I would say like it's got the murder mystery elements, but I also want to like sort of warn people or like put the expectation in their heads that it took me three to four episodes to feel like really locked into it. Not that it was like a slow burn. But I think it was just the same as like an ensemble comedy where you don't know the characters yet well enough in the first few episodes to feel really like attached to anyone. There's a lot of characters here. There's five sisters, I think we said. Mm -hmm. And it does take some amount of time to get attached to them and then therefore like more attached to the show. It was, like I said, it's not slow. It's just sort of like that easing in period. But once I was past that, I felt very, very locked in. I had a shorter hook time I think it only took me like two episodes before I wanted to watch every week because this is one of the ones that came out weekly and I like was I had it on my calendar every Friday when it came out I got really excited about uh watching this so but yeah same, same idea it was like a little bit of a um of a slow burn but for me it only took two episodes uh I think we should also mention really quickly that the theme song slaps who by fire by Leonard Cohen and performed by PJ Harvey all right. Well, should we do your third choice? Third, yeah, third let me number three. Quickly pick one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Mythic Quest, which I don't think you've seen. I have only seen like two episodes and then I quit. 
For what reason? Tell me. I think it's just that ensemble comedy thing. Like it just didn't, it hadn't grabbed me yet. And I wasn't feeling any specific reason to watch it. And I just moved on, but I would go back. if I didn't dislike it. Tell me why I should watch it. It's, it just filled a hole that I was missing in a, yeah. In like a, I've called it a, a crossover between sort of it's always sunny comedy and your, um, your workplace comedies like Parks and Rec, The Office, it has a like a very good blend of those two, but veers sometimes more into the it's always sunny in that it's like hard to tell if anyone it's not that any it's not that no one is redeemable. It's just like they're slightly worse people than like in the office or parks and rec. I feel like those two specifically, the US versions are like have a lot of heart. And this one has some heart, but it also has some like just people wanting the best for themselves and only themselves so the quick like summary that i will give is that it's a comedy it the reason for the it's always sunny references is also that it was created by charlie day and rob McElhenney and then megan gantz who are all it's always sunny's writers and rob McElhenney plays this like mastermind game creator he came up with a video game and the uh tv show is about the company that produces this computer game called mythic quest and uh it's a workplace comedy because you get all of the aspects of of the like company that works for it. so you have the game testers you have the, the artists you have the coders you have the like cfo ceo people all interacting with one another and it's like interesting if you don't know a lot about that world and also it has enough pop culture references that you it like sucked me in pretty quickly Danny Pudi is in it, which is another like selling point for me from community. It's also very much, yeah, I should have, it's like a little bit of a community meets, uh, meets It's Always Sunny meets Parks and Rec. You know, the well, like, that makes it sound like I would love it. But maybe, maybe the like setting is just not what did not hit for you. But I do think a couple of episodes in, I, I really hit my stride in the second season which I know sounds like a lot of input, but I feel like that's what everyone says about their favorite no, sitcoms. That's, yeah. yeah, so that that's the thing is I just didn't give it enough time. I mean, I literally tell people, I've, I've said this a million times before, but I tell people to start watching Parks and Rec at season three. So <laughs> it's like it's not that I can't sit through a season that's not so good to get to a better season. It's just that I feel like with the number of TV shows I've been trying to watch these days, it is harder for me to put that time into something that's not grabbing me right yeah, away. Yeah, totally. Understand. I'll watch it for sure at some point. I also thought it would be a good one to watch with Matt, but he was like actually the, the more so the driving force of like, mm, no, we're going to stop watching this. Does he like Parks and Rec and Community and stuff like that? He loves Community. We watched okay. that whole thing. He loves Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He hasn't watched all of Parks and Rec and okay. so I haven't he forced doesn't him to the, because I'm scared format. he won't like it and then we'll have to break up. <laughs> But no, he likes those types of shows for sure. Got it. I also, before we move on, I just want to say that the main character, one of the main characters played, her name is Poppy Lee and she's played by Charlotte Nickdow. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, she's been in a lot of my, I say a lot of, she's been in my favorite Australian comedies, which are just like two of them. But she, the character she plays, Poppy Lee in uh, Mythic Quest is one of like, my favorite female characters of all time just in how diverse of like a span of emotions and like how complex she is as a character in a comedy uh she's just great 
you keep hyping up this Please Like Me show and I can't watch it and it makes me mad because it doesn't so exist on any streaming service. I keep my eyes peeled every month. I'm like, are they going to add it to Hulu? Because it was I watched it on Hulu originally. Were you in Germany when you did that? Or did it used to be in the US? Like it was available? I was in Germany, but then I, when I got back, I recommended it to people and they were able to watch it. Ugh. Write so. a letter to Hulu. I didn't even mention Please Like Me. I'm glad you... Remember that that's what I was talking about. Well, you said your favorite Australian comedy. It's, it's, not, it's not a far stretch. A secret. I didn't know yeah. what the second one was, but I was pretty sure one of them was Please Like Me. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. Yeah. So that was my, I'm going to call it my third favorite on Apple TV. Okay. So number two now. Yes. I, <laughs> I listed number two. You're not going to like this, but that's fine. My second favorite is Shrinking. I don't dislike it. I expected it. <laughs> Okay. It's fine. I think I think you don't like it more than you don't I know. like it. I just but, didn't love it. And I feel like that was an affront to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I really loved it. And I, I can't say it's like the best show from any specific standpoint of like, wow, like the writing was like stellar or the acting was incredible. Like all of those things are true, not in any sort of like I've never seen this before. It's so groundbreaking because it really is like it's similar to Ted Lasso, but all the little elements put together just make it, it really just like scratches something in my brain. Like the Harrison Ford of it, the music that like sounds like a playlist that I would just have on. It's just like, it's the playlist could have been made by me. The writing is, like I said, very Ted Lasso in that it's comedic, but sort of corny, which I love. And at the end of the day, it's a feel good show, even when there's there's turmoil, there's things to feel sad about. It's going to make you feel mostly good, but also just make you feel things. And it's nice to have a comedy that does that. I think in some ways it reminds me of, like you said, The Office and Parks and Rec are full of heart, but their ensemble comedy is like, in some ways, Ted Lasso and Shrinking was that for me. And I think why yeah. I like them so much is that they're ensemble comedies, but they're more narrative driven. They're not as, you know, they're not as episodic but they do have that, the comedy and the heart. And that'll always hit for me. It's just always mm-hmm. going to be really good for me. Also, I think, okay, obviously Ted Lasso is not going to be on my list. I could just say it's not, it's not number one. So I'll just get that out, out of the way. It's I'm going to assume it's not either. on yours. <laughs> no, it's not. The problem is, no, not the problem. It's been very clear. I think if you listen to our podcast that uh, we didn't, we didn't like season three so much. Of Ted Lasso. And it's hard if you're trying to recommend a whole show. Right. So I was yeah. gonna say if this was post season one of Ted Lasso, it would probably be number one. One, because season one was great. Two, because at that time it was like the only show on Apple TV. <laughs> so it's like a, like a the couple of show. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were like literally two shows at the time. But I like Ted Lasso. I think what works for me for shrinking is that it came out the same year as Ted Lasso underwhelmed me. The new season of Ted Lasso underwhelmed me. Mm-hmm. So shrinking was even higher in my brain because of that. All that to say, I know I haven't even said the premise. You don't really need to know the premise. The premise isn't important. It's a comedy with heart. It has Harrison Ford. It has Jason Segel. It, it, they're therapists. They work together in a therapy clinic or whatever. And stuff happens. That's the premise. It's... If you're looking for something like Ted Lasso, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It just didn't. It, the reason it's not on my top list is I think the reason you think I hate it. It's just like it definitely wasn't my favorite. Uh, it, 
yeah. Um, but I did, I did enjoy it a lot. Did you ever finish it? I think so. Did you watch Again, the last episode? I'm like, I, fairly, don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> Cause I think you'd know, you'd remember exactly what the very last scene is and uh, you'd remember that you'd seen it. Then maybe not, but I like kind of think I have, I just think I like, it didn't hit as hard and I don't. <laughs> You can spoil it for me. Okay. You I can't, well, to. I can't spoil it on air, so I will All right. ask you later. The mom's alive. No. Uh, yeah. Not that. <laughs> I know, but I just need Fully. to be clear that that's, that's that we're not spoiling it for people, and that's not true. Got it. It's not that kind of um, show. Yeah, I did enjoy it. I do also think of the shows on Apple TV Plus, that's a great one to include because it is probably one of the best. I mean, Mythic Quest, obviously, great sitcom, but it is a different style of sitcom that I think if you're looking to have a good smattering of types of shows to watch like part of the reason we're doing this episode is that I think Apple TV delivers on that and and shrinking is a great example of of uh yeah heartwarming comedy um my second one I guess I I'm again I didn't order these but I gotta can I guess what your first is not yet uh, well, unless it's going to be your second, in which case, fine. Well, I have five on my list currently now because we already have one overlap and I'm assuming we're going to overlap with severance. Ugh, yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to talk about severance now. I also included Dickinson, which was, I guess, going to be my original number three. Um, and I'm, I'm not even sure. I'm sure there are other tv shows that would have made it into my top three had i thought about it harder but it was one of the ones that originally got me into apple tv plus so i included it so severance or dickinson Mm, let's talk about severance okay severance is so good severance (laughs) is incredible severance like should be a lost level phenomenon like imagine it's 2008 and loss is out like that's what severance should have been but because it's apple tv which no one has well, you know, millions of people have, but for the most part, no one has. <laughs> Only 75 million people watch. Yeah. And it was yeah. sort of early on in the Apple TV, like up coming up. Like Apple TV is getting more popular, but Severance came out, oh, Last like a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. And at that point, it was like still hard to get people to sign up to Apple TV. Yeah. You know, again, I'm generalizing for the most part. If that came out on it's really not a Netflix type of show. What do I want to say? If that came out on HBO right now, I think we'd be seeing like it being very popular and people following it each week and guessing what's going on. That did happen. People were invested and theorizing and you can find long Reddit threads about it. And I made TikTok videos with theories and everybody was going wild in the comments. Like that subset of people exists. It's just so much smaller than it could have been if it weren't an Apple show. And I really hope more people get Apple. So by the time season two comes out, which at this rate will be like 2025, Mm -hmm. that we can have that sort of like mass discussion per episode and mass like appeal of the show. I will be so upset if we never get a season two, which I feel like is not out of the realm of possibility. I really hope like knock on wood that doesn't happen, but it just feels like with the writer strikes and also with the, the, there's some known discord within the yeah supposedly there was like turmoil there but the only thing that yeah the only thing that keeps me from really worrying about that is i feel like apple has proven or shown that they are down to throw just buckets and buckets of endless money at their tv shows and movies for apple tv plus and that it doesn't really seem to matter like what happens 
Ghosted was terrible, that movie with uh, Anna Darmus and Chris, one of the Chris's. Oh, you watched it? Uh, like I half watched it just enough to realize that it was absolute trash. And like they spent, that had a big budget. Just I like, saw that commercial maybe 40,000 times. Yeah, the they marketed one. it pretty, over and over pretty over hard, again. which is also interesting because they don't really market any of their stuff. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw it, but I definitely, yeah, you're right. I did see Ghosted just like everywhere. But do you want to tell people the premise of Severance or I can give it a shot? You can go for it. I can fill in. Okay. So Severance is, I'm going to call it a sci-fi mystery. And it stars, I almost called him Ben Scott, Adam Scott, who plays (laughs) Ben in Parks and Rec. And also he's quite a prolific actor, but he stars as a guy who works for this tech company. It's very like Apple coded. Uh, this giant tech company where when he's at work, he has no memories of his outside life. And his when he's in his outside life, he has no memories of what it's like to be at work. He has a chip in his head that severs. Like literally separates. The name of the TV home. show. Yeah, his work life from his home life. So it takes it's sort of a very obvious kind of satire commentary on how we disassociate at work versus our lives or how we sort of keep our lives separate when we're at work. We have maybe like a slightly different personality than we do outside of work it's got very obvious set satirical elements of like corporate america and working mm-hmm. in an office like they work in these like weird little cubicles there's like weird little like pizza party type incentives it, it's it's all very in that sense satirical but the tone of the show isn't satire the tone of the show is this dark mystery thriller i think works here there is this just like really dark undertone and you really don't know what's going on like you don't know really the there's obviously this deep dark something behind the company behind the tech that severs the the memories we don't know what it is or why it is or who's behind it all and so there's just this this undercurrent of mystery i feel like in the first episode you don't even realize there is a dark undertone you don't even realize what you're trying to figure out until maybe even episode two or three because when you're dropped in you realize uh adam scott's character is just like pretty depressed and opted for this severance uh, procedure to separate his work from home almost to escape his real life at times like to just forget about things because he had some like shitty stuff happen to him um so when it when the show starts yeah it feels like it's going to be this satire but then there's this like undercurrent of dread that you realize oh you've there's something weird going on you've got to figure this out and then oh boy the end of the first season ends on in such a way that really makes me can't wait for that was not a sentence, but you know what I mean. I can't wait that for was a, it was the most insane cliffhanger I've seen since like network TV days where like everything seasons always ended on like these crazy cliffhangers. Yeah. I feel like they don't so much in streaming probably because like shows get canceled a lot. Mm-hmm. But, but with Apple, like <laughs> truly the most insane cliffhanger, the most insane last episode season finale like I've ever seen. It would be a top three season finale even without knowing what my other two would be, I would say that for sure. Like that was an incredible season finale. Yeah. I almost want to rewatch. I want to rewatch, but I want to know that the new season is coming out before I start my rewatch. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to like time my rewatch when they announce the release date, which again could be literally years from now. They did say they started filming it, but they, 
they said like, yeah, whatever issues they were having, it feels like they were refilming parts and perhaps Mm. refilming everything they'd filmed, or maybe they were just writing it so far and they were rewriting it. I I don't know for sure. I thought they were filming. Am I wrong in thinking Adam Sandler is attached to this? Well, who who is talking about Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller is the creator. Thank you. Yeah, which feels off brand. In a, I knew who you're talking about. I I know how you got there. Is what I mean. Same flavor. Although he, this is his also Adam Scott Ben. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Yeah. Anyway, it's his second. I think Apple TV. No, I don't know if the other one was on Apple TV. Escape from Danamora was another Ben Stiller Mm. created project that like isn't comedy in any way. So this isn't as out of left field as people think but i had the same reaction when i first heard it was a ben stiller show because it's not funny in any traditional sense okay yeah yeah it has like some humor to it and i like i've said i sort of started the whole premise of the show by saying like there's a lot of satire to it which i think is where the comedy comes in Mm -hmm. they have there's a very weird dark comedy tone yeah, like it almost present. makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not, and it's not at the forefront, but it's definitely there. There's just like a lot of stuff that happens where you're just like, I don't even understand this. And it's bizarre and it's it's funny, but it's also, I think I just have no idea what's going on. And it's like part mystery, part satire, part comedy. But it all works really well. I can't, it's even hard to explain. It sounds insane when I say it like that, but it's, it was like my, was it my favorite show last year? was my second favorite. It was definitely in my top three of my top list of last year. So that's definitely my number one Apple TV show. It's up. It's in my top as well. <laughs> I don't know which number it is. And then, yeah, I'll just quickly talk about Dickinson because it is, like I said, what got me into Apple TV plus. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. A lot of things got me into Apple TV plus like Ted Lasso. Clearly everyone was talking about it, but I think when we started our newsletter, I realized there were a couple of shows that I wanted to write about that I just like, and I wound up getting Apple TV Plus and this was one of them. So Dickinson is a comedy drama series and it is loosely based off of the teenage life of Emily Dickinson, who, if you aren't aware, is a poet um, from Amherst, Massachusetts, which is coincidentally where I went to school. Um, I walked past her house like every day. And so for some reason, I feel like a slight kinship toward her story. And also my aunt is a really big Emily Dickinson fan. She's a poet and a former teacher. And so I grew up just sort of like inundated with facts and poems from Emily Dickinson. This is not a like period drama in your normal sense of the of the term. It is like a, a serious reimagining kind of in a wacky way. It plays with theories about Emily Dickinson, about Emily Dickinson's sexuality, about her identity, about like these weird quirks that are found in her poems and in writings about her and like po- like letters that she left uh, in a really creative way. It's like kind of trippy. So because she's this like really imaginative person, it doesn't feel like like I said, it's not a it's not a normal period drama. Like there's scene like dream scenes that include who is the I'm now I'm forgetting. Cut this out and make it sound like I remembered immediately. Oh, Wiz Khalifa as Death. <laughs> no, I'm definitely leaving that in. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Death features really heavily. If you're familiar again, if you're familiar with Emily Dickinson at all, there are a lot of poems of hers. She was kind of obsessed with death um, and talks about death a lot as though it's a person. And in this TV show, Wiz Khalifa plays death. And so like that's an interesting dynamic. 
there are all of these sort of modernizations and there's a lot of, it's very Marie Antoinette in its like popified modernization retelling of, or reimagining of what Emily Dickinson's teenage life was like. I really loved it. Had a great time. Would recommend. It is like, you've got to be in the right mood to watch it. I, I, I know the aunt that I was just talking about that loves Emily Dickinson did not like the episode. She, she started watching and I think couldn't finish the first episode, but I think it's because she was looking for a more true to life, you know, like reproduction of what people thought Emily Dickinson's life was like. And this is just not it. Um, like a Pride and Prejudice style right. version of Dickinson instead of a Marie Antoinette. Like a, not a BBC <laughs> yeah, adaptation. I didn't mention Haley Steinfeld plays Dickinson, Emily. <laughs> I, I love her. <laughs> I yeah, really like, I, I don't really care to watch the show. It doesn't, well, it, it isn't, I don't know. The premise doesn't sound great to me. I don't know if I would like it or not, but I haven't been inspired to see it, but I really like Haley Steinfeld. So if I did watch it, it would be for her. She's excellent in it. It also, one of the selling points, at least to me when I first started it, is the runtime of the episodes is under a half hour. So it is this comedy drama, mainly comedy, I guess, if you're going off of the time, but um, the episodes are short. So it doesn't feel like you're sinking in a bunch of time. Um, and there are only three seasons. Season three came out in 2021. I don't think they have any thoughts about reviving it. So short, only 30 episodes, again, 30 minutes per episode. Really good. I loved it. If you're interested in like fun exploration of gender roles, sexual identity, artistic expression, poetry, <laughs> and anachronisms in your TV shows, check is it, it like out. the great? Like, does it remind you of the great, or vice versa? Uh, only a little bit. Only in that it also like that is also sort of an anachronistic portrayal of a famous figure. Yeah, I guess I guess in that way, yes. But this is more playful than the great in some ways. That was, I think those are my top three to five for Apple. There are so many though. You, yeah, you I guess. Face like you're well, I was awesome. like three to five, but I guess because you agreed with two of mine and then had to say two more. So yeah, for you that, I, I only said three. I said Severn Shrinking and Bad Sisters, but I had two others that I wanted to mention yeah, really please. quick that I we don't have to discuss, but I feel bad not having silo on this list mm. i don't think it's as good as the other three but silo was really good if you like dystopian mystery movies and tv shows it's a solid watch and blackbird oh which yeah is you love that a hard one to recommend because it's incredibly dark and it's true crime so it's a true crime dramatization which i have ethical issues with but I think they do this one fairly well. It's so hard to say. True crime dramatizations are tough. I think a lot of them like don't give the victims enough airtime. Mm -hmm. anyway, anyway, I'm not going to get into all of that. Blackbird has two of the most excellent acting performances I've legitimately ever seen from Paul Walter Hauser as a suspected serial killer and Taryn Edgerton as basically a guy that's working with detectives to go undercover in a prison and try to befriend the suspected serial killer to get information from him. Just even if you just watch it for seeing those performances, like truly mind blowing. So I haven't seen it. So maybe now's my time. I'm a little it's, surprised. It's tough to watch though. It really is. Oh, just the content. It's line. just so dark. I yeah. mean, it's about, yeah, the serial killer, he killed like small 
girls. I don't want to do that actually. I no, it's it's really it tough. I had a yeah, I had a hard time watching a couple of the scenes were really, really challenging emotionally, but I think at the same time I could sort of like disassociate and just focus on how insane the performances were mm. and like the places they went in their brains. I mean, to get to those performances, I don't know how they made it through that. I hope they're well. <laughs> Yikes. I am a little bit surprised. So these are two shows that I haven't seen, but that I know you have and liked. But I just wanted to mention After Party, which I want to watch now because I think Carter would like and also I would like, but it seems like a good show to watch together, which is on Apple. Uh, And Hijack, which was like a huge phenomenon over the last month or so. Um, Those are both Apple shows that I think probably deserve some hype. They're a good watch if you have Apple TV and are looking for something to watch. Those those to me aren't the like selling point for getting Apple. To get it. Mm-hmm. Like the other three to five I mentioned, those are just shows that I think everybody should see. They're just really good shows. I think the After Party is is an enjoyable watch. I'm having a lot of fun with season two. I enjoyed season one. They're I think I gave them both Bs in, in the newsletter. Like they're they're okay. not outstanding. There's definitely things I can like nitpick about the After Party, but I really enjoy it. And Hijack was like a it was like watching a Liam Neeson movie. Like it was yeah, yeah, so yeah. much fun. But, but like some it, people, yeah, love having yeah. that option on there. If you like that sort of, I mean, it's it's about exactly what it sounds like. It's about a plane is hijacked and Idris Elba is on the plane. Like, why wouldn't you want to watch that? But yeah, it's I haven't not, seen it. To me, it's not a top five. Um, I realized I also, I said I said Five. I only said four, but um, I don't really have a five. I'm just naming some shows that I think we should mention in this episode, but I'm almost finished. I also recently watched Foundation, which is another that people, especially people who are into silo, um, but people who are into high fantasy sci-fi in general, I think would really enjoy. It wasn't my favorite. I, I did like the first season, um, but I'm sort of taking my time before starting the second season, which came out re- relatively recently in the last two weeks. But it has Lee Pace in it, which is a huge selling point. And again, like that, like a really interesting world building happens. <laughs> I don't I don't want to go too much into it, but there's like great stuff for sci-fi fantasy people on Apple as well. And then coming soon, did you know Lessons in Chemistry is mm-hmm. coming out? I have it. It's in our show writer, dude. Oh, I haven't looked into October because I didn't want to get too excited. It's too far away. <laughs> no, and they announced it like months ago. Like they've had yeah. the best release date for a while which is unusual i'm excited also the buccaneers which i don't think you will like but i think i will watch probably um it's the the little log line is the buccaneers are the daughters of america's new rich beautiful and untamable despite the best efforts of england's finest governesses they're on their way to london to snare themselves an aristocrat low in funds but high in class to make a perfect match it sounds like gossip girl meets i don't know like any of the british shows that i love yeah, I hadn't heard of that, but it's probably a pass from me. Yeah, that's November 8th, so that's even further in the future. Anyhow. Yeah, they're so bad at marketing stuff that you literally have to go like on their website. Yeah, and, their like, PR look page. at what's there because you'll never know what's coming out otherwise. But we'll let you know. We'll keep everyone posted. Yeah, follow us. We'll have to give you the lowdown. I don't know which streaming service will be next, but this will be a series. Maybe at the end we'll rank our streaming services based on having ranked our shows within them. I feel like it would be more interesting because it, people have certain personalities of things they like to watch. 
So almost like building out like a starter pack. <laughs> I feel like I'm aging myself to the the Instagram starter pack world of our uh, college years when people would make those. But I meet like people who love sitcoms versus people who love like, you know, dramas plus sci-fi. Because I feel like there are some um, streaming services that do certain genres better than others. I love telling people what to do. <laughs> I think that's why we're here. Cool. All right. Catch us next time. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.